Hey, everybody. I uh, miss you so much. I love you so much. This uh, thing that we're going through, I know God has it completely under control, even though it seems like it's uh, wild and wild and crazy. But um, we'll all survive this one, and God will work with us through it. Hey, all of us at some point in our lives have been told uh, little myths and little beliefs about life. For instance, have you ever heard this one? If you uh, keep your eyes crossed for too long, um, you'll what? You'll have them stay that way. There's another one that, that I heard growing up says if you swim right after a meal, you'll what? You'll die. That's what I heard. If you, if you sit close to the TV, you'll ruin your eyes. And, and this one was floating around my household that if you wear dirty underwear, you will what? Get into a car accident for sure. And then there's this one that's recent. If you drive a minivan, you're cool. These are all little myths that, that we have heard or we have grown up with. And, and they sometimes can drive us a little bit nutty. Uh, today we're going to renew a series that uh, we call Beliefs That Can Drive You Crazy. Because there are beliefs in life that can drive you just nuts and make you a little bit goofy. It's taken from a book by uh, Drs. Henry Cloud and John Townsend called 12 Christian Beliefs That Will Drive You Crazy. And we're going to modify it just a little bit. Now, God wants us to become better in life. He wants us to have the right kinds of changes to make us better for other people, better for ourselves, better for him, all the way around. Um, he wants us to become more like Jesus, and that's a term that we would call discipleship or followership. As we follow Jesus, we become more like him. And it's his intention for us to 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 become everything that he wants us to be. But along this way, in this journey of life that we, we have, and as we grow in our faith, there are people that come up sometimes with funny little myths or funny little sayings that we somehow in some way begin to incorporate into our heads and they begin to affect our lives. And, and one of these actually goes something like this. Um, you've got this. So go ahead and believe in yourself. Now, sounds good. It sounds great because it gives us kind of this sense of power and empowerment that no matter what happens, I'm going to be able to handle it. I'm going to be able to get through it all by myself. You know, it's just kind of like me and God. It's just me and you, and everything is going to be really okay. But there are some problems with this because if we hold on it too long, our lives are going to frazzle. Let me, let me just kind of start by saying this. God built dependency into his universe. Every single part of the universe has a dependency to it. It's all over the place. If you studied biology or if you studied ecosystems, um, things need things. And you are a thing, and since you're a thing and things need things, you need things. You do. You need physical things, food, you know, water, rest, in and out burgers. We, those are the things that are necessary in life. And to deny them would, would, would be crazy. We need those things. The more I understand people, uh, the more I see really how messed up you and I are. I mean, we are really messed up. And, and the complexity of that damage actually is, is, is fairly immense. Um, you had parents that messed you up because they had parents that messed them up. 
and they had parents that messed them up. And so you're kind of at the end of a, a long lineage of people messing up other people. And you will, if you have kids, you will end up messing up your kids. Um, high school is messing you up, and middle school is messing you up, and adulthood is messing you up. And as a result, we have issues like loneliness or anxiety or feelings of isolation, self-image issues, addictions, temper, anger, selfishness. They're all there. They're all part. And because things need things and we're things, we need help with these things. And in a sense, we have to walk away sometimes or step back in our lives a little bit and say, I don't got this. I don't. I mean, understand, Jesus even had dependency upon others. He prayed to his Father, God. He needed friends in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, please, stay with me during this time. And so, so understand, and, and, and this kind of moves to the next, is God has given me and you needs for a reason. He has given us needs for a very important reason, in fact, several important reasons. He designed these needs for a purpose and for a reason, and in fact, your needs that he's placed in are designed actually for you. And I'm going to spend a few seconds talking about some purposes God has in designing us with needs. First of all, the, fir the first one. I have needs so I can need others. I remember when my daughter was, was just about able to reach the light switch. I mean, just about because she was able to jump up and, and turn it on. And, and that meant two things. First of all, it meant my PG&E bill was, was going up. But it also meant that she was, she was growing up. And there was that desire in her to be able to do it myself. You know, I want to do it myself. I want to do it myself turning on the light, and that, and that was good. Now, the great thing is that she was able to jump and turn on the light as she was going up, but she wasn't able to jump high enough to grab it and turn it off and pull it down. Um, and she didn't want help. For some reason, asking for help is hard for us. I mean, I know for me, it's inconvenient sometimes. It's uncomfortable uh, in, in fact, we'll try to do it ourselves sometimes rather than ask for help. Um, but we can't do it ourselves. God has created in us a need so that we might need others. And when it comes to stuff in our lives, we feel really uneasy letting others fill the hole up. But life is better when we do. The Bible, God's word to us, is going to give three illustrations um, that are 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 something that you can just grab onto. The illustrations are about falling and about being warm and about fighting. It says this, if one person falls, the other can, can reach out and help. But people who are alone, when they fall, are in real trouble. The next one is about warmth. It says, and on a cold night, two under the same blanket can gain warmth from each other. How can one, how can one be warm alone? And then it says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand, you know, back to back, you know, back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. 
And, and this may sound weird, but if I only go to God for help, I might be limiting God's help because God has provided and placed others in our world to help us with the needs that we have. God said, it's just not good for us to be alone. Right here in our, in our church, I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm really excited that we have a program called Grief Share because people thought that they could kind of gut it out after the loss of a parent or a loved one. And all of a sudden, they're realizing that after months, they're not healing. And so grief share is when people come together and they begin to share and they can affirm and they build. Second thing is, is, is I have needs so I can grow. I have needs so I can grow myself. My boys and I, when Mythbusters was on, we used to watch Mythbusters on TV. And, and, and they would just take all these different myths and they'd do experiments to see if they worked or not. And one of the, one of the, the myths they needed to bust was the perpetual motion machines. Now, a perpetual motion machine is a machine that's supposed to go without fuel and, and, and without maintenance. And, and I thought, how cool it would be if, if, if we were all perpetual motion machines. No need to ask for help. You know, no need to call somebody when we're depressed. No need to talk to somebody when our eating's out of control or our spending is crazy. No need to talk to somebody when we just can't pull out of the, the, the struggles we're in. Perpetual motion machines or myths um, doesn't exist. Perpetual motion doesn't exist for machines or for you or me. Like we said, our neediness forces us to realize that we are creatures and we have to look to God and then begin to rely upon the help that he provides. And, that, and that's growth. Jesus tells a great story. Um, he says this, Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, and the other was a dishonest tax collector. A Pharisee, in case you don't know, was one of the highly religious people, but the problem was is they made a complete show of it um, and looked down on others. The proud Pharisee stood by himself, and he prayed this prayer, I thank you, God, I'm not a sinner like everyone else, especially like that tax collector over there. I never cheat, I don't sin, I don't commit adultery, I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. Jesus would go on with the story, but the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed, instead he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I'm a sinner. And Jesus says, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For the proud will be humbled, and the humble will be honored. Which guy is the one commended by Jesus? Well, it's, it's the guy who actually understood that he had needs and was willing to go to God and say, God, I got all kinds of needs. I'm, I'm a mess. Um, of those two, which guy seems more like someone you'd like to get to know? To me, it's, it's not the Pharisee. 
It's the other guy, the guy who has needs, the guy that's very willing to admit his needs and go to God. And of course, the question that Jesus wants us to ask is which one is more like, like you? If you don't recognize your need, if we don't recognize our needs, we begin to stagnate. And when we stagnate, oftentimes we don't seek after God. Number three, I have needs to grow in humility. And humility is a great thing to have. The Bible says pride ends in humiliation, while humility brings honor. And I, I totally, believe that, totally believe that God is in the character-forming business. He is making you into something. Sometimes here at Mariners we say God loves you just the way you are, and he does. He loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay that way. And so God is in the process of making all of us into something, and that something is not self-sufficient. It is being able to get in God's program of needing him always and needing others always. And, and, and now here's where it gets scary because if you, have, if you have needs and you're too proud to ask for help or too self-sufficient to go for help to either God or others and God is trying to root this out of you, what's it going to take before God gets your attention? If you have this thing that's kind of going on that God wants to get rid of and you know it, it shouldn't be there, you know you're struggling with it, and you don't go to God for help and if you don't go to others for help and God wants to get rid of it, he's got to kind of then have to turn up the heat to start to boil that thing out. He maybe tried something and, and, and you didn't get it. Um, you kind of get it on without you know, using the people he provided and without calling on God. And what's it going to take? And, and, and I think back to that story of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Um, Jesus said one went home justified, one went home right. The other, that means, didn't. How would you like to be in, in that Pharisee's shoes? Because God that morning probably said to him, well, I need this guy, this Pharisee, to be a bit more moldable in his life, to be a bit more humble, to kind of really figure out which end is up in life in regards to the humility thing. And what God said is, I'm going to bring him into the temple at the exact same time as this tax collector so that he can actually hear and see this person in his humility and learn and grow. And that obviously didn't work. So what's God going to do? He's going to have to dial the, 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 the heat up in his life. Humble people know they can't do it all themselves. They know they must reach out to others. I also have needs so that I can, I can help others. God gives us needs. God gives you needs so that actually you can begin to learn, grow, and Help others. Um, it's a theological insight. If you don't allow your needs to be met, how can you be in any position to meet somebody else's? Just listen to what the Bible says. The wisdom from the Bible, it says this. All praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the source of every mercy. And the God who comforts us. He comforts us in all our troubles 
so that we can comfort others. When others are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. We're designed to do that. Finally, I have needs so others can be there for my needs. Do you realize that your needs, your problems, your challenges that you have, may be there so another person can help clarify their purpose in life and them helping you because you opened up your life to them may set their life in a course in which they help more and more and more people. They're there to help you and by helping you, they grow. I was in Idaho, um, this is a number of years ago, I was fishing with my boys and, and I, I, I remember I was standing up on a rock and then I remember I was no longer standing up on the rock because both feet had slipped out at the same time. Right there, now in front of me, I saw my feet up in the air, and I realized this is not going to end particularly good, and I was going backwards and down really fast. And, and, and one of my kids, no older, he was, he was no older than eight, he was behind me. And I came full, crash-landed on him, and we both then landed on the, the riverbed, and, and, and he was okay and, and crushed. But he was okay. You know, he was okay. Um, and, and, and I was okay. And, and he said to me five times that afternoon, wow, Dad, it's good that I was standing there or else you might have really gotten hurt. That was a bunch of years ago. You know, he still talks about that. How he was there to help protect me. And God began to clarify in his life a skill of learning how to take care of others. He can realize now, he realizes and he knows he can actually help people who are falling. Great situation in the Bible. Jesus is having a dinner at the home of a religious leader, um, Pharisee, and and in a the top of society, you know, the best of the best. They thought, and and they also can't acknowledge that they have any needs. And so Jesus is like a puzzle to them. He's like a puzzle to them because he was deeply close to God, deeply loved other people, and and they couldn't figure out what he was all about. And 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 there's a statement that that sometimes. I will share with people, to the person who has no needs, Jesus really doesn't have a message. Meaning, if you can't recognize the needs in your life, Jesus really has got nothing to say to you if you're self-sufficient and you've got this and you can do it all, all by yourself. And the Pharisee was kind of in that position. I don't have any needs. Self-made person. If I'm self-made in this way, I must be self-made spiritually as well. God approves me just as I am. I don't need anything um, because I, I have done it all myself. And there's a woman that sneaks into the Pharisee's house. She's a prostitute. Highest on the spectrum is the Pharisee, lowest on the spectrum is the prostitute. And what she did was she was so totally overcome with God's grace that she sat at Jesus' feet, the lowest position in that society, and she was crying, realizing what grace and forgiveness and love can do for her. And the tears got on his feet, and because of that, she wiped 
his feet with her hair. It's a famous story, and you can picture it in your mind. It says this, when the Pharisee who was the host saw what was happening, and who the woman was, he said to himself, well, this proves that Jesus is no prophet. If God had really sent him, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Okay, got the picture? Highest, lowest. Then Jesus turned to the woman and said to Simon, the Pharisee, Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet. She's washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss of greeting. She has kissed my feet again and again from the time I first came in. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who has forgiven little shows only a little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. Having found forgiveness and love, she could love. But first she had to realize, I can't do this without the help of someone else. I don't got this. I don't. And I guess you and I could do worse than sit at the prostitute's feet and learn from her. Pharisee wouldn't do it. He wanted to stay away from her. And sometimes that Pharisee part of us may want to stay away from reminders of our neediness. But they're they're there. And that's how you come to God, and that's how you get healthy, and that's how others get healthy when you're honest with yourself and say, I can't do this. I'm going to close my part in in just a second. Um, You have needs. They're there for great purposes. They're there so that others can sometimes clarify their calling. They're there so that you can actually, as you're helped by others, you can in turn learn the skills to help others. And sometimes we have to acknowledge that they're there to make us realize I'm at the end of myself. I I can't do this on my own. And you acknowledge them, and you come to God, and you let Jesus heal you and forgive you. And sometimes it takes being humble enough to admit it. And, 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 And wherever you're watching wherever you're listening, I I don't know where these words hit you. All of us have this little pride thing going. We all play that little pride game when we do. And sometimes that's the hardest hurdle for us to overcome in coming to God. But you got this pride thing going, you can ask yourself, um, what's it done for me lately? It's not bringing others closer and it's not bringing me closer to God. Once again, that statement, for the person who has no need, Jesus really has no message. Jesus said, I've not come to call those who think they're righteous and got everything together. 
I've come to call those that are broken enough to admit that they've done wrong, that they're sinners. And, and, and we're going to go to God in prayer, and it could be that you haven't prayed in a long time. Um, but we're going to ask God together, and maybe for you, this would be a time for you to say, God, I'm going to open my life up to you, admitting that I don't have the answers. I don't have the solutions. I need your help. Would you bow with me, please, right now? As we pray, I'm going to just pray for a couple things and just kind of let your heart and your mind move in that direction to ask God right now to give you the courage to admit your needs. Admit them to him. Maybe it's God, I, I, I'm a selfish parent. I'm a selfish spouse. Maybe it's um, I'm struggling with an addiction, my temper. One of the hardest things is not just admitting you have needs, but taking the steps to get others around you to help you with those. And would you just pray right now, God, bring into my life Help me to find those that can help me work through the challenges that are messing up my life and messing up others' lives as well. I don't got this, and I need you. And maybe you're at the point now where you're really going to say, God, I, I, I just have to surrender it all to you. I'm just too much of a mess to, to even try and have it get fixed. And so I'm going to go to you and say, take, take me just as I am. I'm broken now. I have need. And Jesus has a message, and his message is that I'm loved by God exactly as I am right now and can be forgiven for the lives I've messed up, the life I've messed up, by coming to Jesus Christ inviting him as my savior, the one who can save me from myself and my sin, believing that he loved me enough, loves me enough to die for me. And God, I, I, I would pray for those that are praying this prayer for the very first time, the very first time. They would be filled with all the fullness of your love and the sense of your caring hand for them and now we thank you God thank you that you created in us a need for others a need for you and may we find satisfaction as you bless us and we thank you in Jesus name